Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan is not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy's Super Value GA podcast on We Are Cavan. Um, delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Angle Celt. Um, Paul, a couple of weeks back, you started on the, the process of ranking the teams for their respective championships. Um, I told you last week that, that I was going to correct your, your mistakes. So we're, we're going to start off with the, um, the Intermediate Championship. And have have a look over this one. Um, had you got much reaction? <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a lot of negative reaction, uh, which is to be expected. You mean some people contacting you and saying that Jesus, you you ranked us too low? Did anybody go the opposite way? Jesus, you weren't ranked us too high. <laughs> no, no. Funny enough, uh, nobody got on to me to say, to say they were ranked too high. But right, I think bad, some of the some of the Balian lads were a bit annoyed, but. Uh, we'll get to that but first, first of all Damien I, I want to read you out a message I got from a subscriber to the Die Hard podcast okay um, he says uh, I have a theory Mo hear, hear me out and let me know if I'm talking shite I think if football does come back in Cavan it should only be the league perhaps in the usual championship format with the two finalists going up reasons there will be people who won't want to play due to vulnerable family members etc fine no problem sit it out for the year championship would likely be devalued due to the nature of the year and possible missing players lower cards time of year etc a win in the championship would have an asterisk in my opinion possibly the biggest reason the main aim of winning the championship is to celebrate with whole Turner village and go on the beer for three days this is unlikely to, <laughs> to happen in 2020 I, I agree with that point to an extent this is unlikely to happen in 2020. Having a league with four random games, top eight into a quarterfinal, etc., would scratch the itch a lot of young lads are feeling and give people a chance to play some competitive ball without it being life or death, quite literally. And anyone who wants to take the rest of the year out, fair enough. Yeah, do you know, I can, I can understand where he's coming from, but I can't say I, I agree with him that... Like at the end of the at the end of the, the day, he's talking about the the championship if it's played being coming with an asterisk, and he's right. It, you know, the, the twenty twenty championship in whatever form it comes, even if we get to run it the way the previous few years championships have been run, it's still going to come with the asterisk that well, look, there was no league, and and you know he never got a chance to get fully fit, and you know there, there's going to be so many asterisks on it anyway, so. I don't see the advantage in playing a league instead of a championship for that reason, because, you know, what, what difference is it going to be? If somebody decides not to play, then, and, and they'd be perfectly entitled to, but what difference is it if they decide not to play for championship or decide not to play for league? 
it's kind of irrelevant to me. You know, I, I think if you're going with one competition, you go with the championship and, and, and so be it. Like if somebody decides not to play, it's only football at the end of the day. Yeah, his point. I think his point is that don't demean the championship by running a, a sort of patched up championship. Give lads a bit of football, let them play the league. But basically, the championship's going to be demeaned anyway. That's his point. And I thought about it, and I don't, I don't agree with it. Um, in that sense, I agree with him completely on the point that we can't be seen to be to be saying that you, you play football so you can go on a beer for three days celebrating but I, I take his point that you know let's say there was an Ulster Championship to go ahead behind closed doors and Cavan won it if we couldn't have a homecoming if you couldn't go out and celebrate and meet your heroes and all that stuff there, I, I have no interest in that I, that's why you play you, it means something to you it, it's not just elite sport for elite sports sake so that does replicate back at, at club level but I personally think I'm going to sound like a Gem O'Doherty here, a tinfoil hat merchant. Um, I personally think that we are definitely over the worst of this, and I think that that uh, the country needs to be opened up, not completely, but the country needs to be opened up again to a, to an extent a lot quicker than the plan is because the lockdown was the only option the government had, in my opinion, at the time, based on the information they had. But it was all it, like people are saying they're making it up as they go along. They are making it up, and I don't, that, I don't say that as a criticism. They are making it up as they go along, but it was all based on modelling, and modelling can be faulty, obviously, because it's guesswork. It's essentially guesswork, and uh, so I, I think it needs to be opened up. I had this debate with, with another fellow last week, and he was saying, "Are you?" He called, said I was selfish and asking me, "Have you lost anyone to this virus?" Which the answer, thankfully, is no. And saying, um, saying, are you why are you not willing to to pause your life for for a short length of time to uh, protect people? And I don't agree with that that point of view that it's pausing your life because when you hit unpause, you're not starting back where you where you were in terms of the economy, in terms of the impact it's had uh, on people's lives. So I, I think that elderly and vulnerable people are going to have to stay cocooned for the medium term that's another that's another few months and that's tough but as it stands we need to we need to get out uh, and start start uh, being in contact with each other again and we need to just spread the thing around 55% of people have no show no symptoms they reckon at all we need to spread this thing around and build up an immunity to it so that when the vulnerable people come out of of their cocooning, which is a horrible term as well. But when they come out of their cocooning, most people have had it or been exposed to it, and it's not going to be as prevalent in the community as it was. Because but the longer no, we go, the longer we the longer we go in, we stay in lockdown. We, we, the idea of the lockdown was to slow it down. Faradkar said that on the 12th of March in his address from Washington. We needed to slow this down and make sure our health service wasn't overwhelmed. That's happened. Um, the health service is not overwhelmed, thank God. We've only had 64 new cases reported yesterday in the, the entire country. There was, a, there was a, and you'll find an expert to say anything because there's so many conflicting opinions. There was a fella in the Sunday Independent a couple of weeks ago who predicted that, that this thing would burn itself out in Ireland within two weeks. Uh, we're now down to, to 64 new cases per day being reported. Uh, so, I think I personally think that 
we're going to need to open up fairly soon before we we do any more damage to the economy. But there, it's where where and again, <laughs> I'm part of a WhatsApp group where you've been peddling that side of the argument for a while, um, and and I I've, I've stayed out of it because I I don't I don't have enough knowledgeable information to be able to make a, a completely accurate debate. So the only thing I will say is that I I I err on the side of caution all the time. I think that's what the government are doing and have done. Whether they should open up quicker or not, or or is it safe to do so? You know, I don't know that. I don't have enough of the information. And the one example that I just can't get over in 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 the world is that. So you talk about rate of infection in Qatar, they have the highest rate of infection in the world, yet one of the lowest deaths. And I don't, I I don't understand why that works, how it works, but. There's, there's, there's examples there that we need to figure out exactly right. Well, what's been done there? Let's get back to that. Let, let's, let's go and follow that. Now, it may have something to do with temperature. It may have something to do with their, their, their hospital beds. I don't know. But there's a, there, there are, there's more information being gathered as time goes on. And I'd rather see Ireland follow other examples rather than be the first to jump in and say, no, well, we're going to open up the economy and you can all follow us. You know, we're, we're too small of a nation to be doing that. I think we're, we're better off following. But bringing it back to d- the debate on, on when it comes to football, you know, personally, I think go with the championship. Uh, you know, let, let, let's get some football played at some stage. I think it's going to be probably August by the time we see any form of football on the island. Um, and, and the last point being on that I, I don't like the idea. Don't get me wrong. You, you win a championship. It's great to celebrate with your, with your, with your, your, your entire community and, and, and get out. I don't think that's the only reason you go and do that. I think it's the, it's the accomplishment of achieving something that very few people get to achieve. I think that that's more important than the three days on the beer, personally. Yeah, yeah. I think it was enough, probably just, just the choice of words that he used, like, uh, um, in terms of treat, I think he just meant like the celebration, the bringing everyone together. Realistically, that's probably how it manifests itself. Uh, is that is that that's going on a big rip and binge drinking, and like we've all been guilty of it. But um, I yeah, uh, you can't very well say look, you're you're playing football, so you get a chance to at some stage to put a cup on the bar and drink for three days or earn it. Like that's not the case. But I I, I fully agree with his point about. You know, you do play for for that magical day after when everyone's together and like you you put a smile in the face in, in your in your home community. Like that's that's a huge part of it, especially yeah. at club at club level. I mean, county level maybe maybe it's different because it is elite and you know you, you've athletes trying to be the best they can be at an elite level, which is a different thing to winning a junior championship. You know, with all due respect. Oh yeah, yeah. Look, I, 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 I can, I can see the point in it. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I think if you turn around and said to a player in the morning, you know, you can have football with, you know, but there'll be no celebrations at the end of it. I still think we take it. I still think we'd, we'd rather get a bit of football in personally, like provided it's safe to do so. I think that that's the, the caveat of it all. Like, I, personally, I don't think that there's going to be football while there's social distancing of any sort. You know, while you're asking people to wear masks in one situation, going into a shop, can you play football afterwards? I, you know, I, I think that 
the lockdown and, and pretty much all restrictions will have to be gone before it's safe to play football. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll watch this space and hopefully it does get to open up and, and we'll, we'll get a bit more football. But bring it back now to the, to the, to the content of the podcast. Um, intermediate rankings. So I, I, I think I have your paper in the hand here so I can, I can go through them. I don't know, have you got your rankings there? Yeah, I've got the correct rankings in front of me, yeah. <laughs> the correct ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll start off. Anybody who hasn't read the anglo Celtics on the, the 14th of May, that edition. I don't know, did you get to put it all up online yet? Or yeah, it- it's, all, it's all there online. Now, we, we have a new look website, um, and there's a few teething problems, so some links are coming up dead at the minute. But go in, if you can't find something from a link that I have posted on Twitter or, or we posted on said Facebook, just go into the website Go to the search bar and search for it, or just scroll back and you'll find everything's there. Just some of the links are coming up broken, which is just a glitch that's been fixed at the minute. But the whole the whole thing is there. It's a long piece. It's over four thousand words, and uh, it's 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 interesting. It's very interesting. The inter- we're starting with the intermediate podcast, Damien, because I think it's the most fascinating one. Well, it's it, it's the sam- it's the meat and the sandwich. You know, it, it's it, it, it's. I was just looking through it and trying to go through the teams and, and there's so much fluctuation that could happen. And it's it's definitely the most volatile championship in the fact that, you know, it's not a big surprise if, if a mid to low ranking team gets a run and then all of a sudden ends up in a, in a county final. You know, it's 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 been known to happen and quite regularly. Like, Sherpark winning it, there wouldn't have been in most people's top four or five teams the year that they won it. But they were well-deserved winning. Killing Care probably getting to the final wouldn't have been most people's top four or five teams. So it's it, it's the beauty of the Intermediate Championship is you get a run, you get a bit of confidence in it, and it can go either way for you. Because if you lose confidence, you could end up being relegated very quick. So. Yeah, completely, completely. And like you, you obviously have two new teams in it every year which shakes it up. You might get a good team coming up from junior, which we have this year, Killing Care, who are already up to Division 1 in the league, um, like <clears throat> ready ready for an assault on the intermediate. Uh, you might get a really good senior team who just had a bad year and slipped down, which is which happens quite a bit. So that, that makes it very interesting. And you've always got, <clears throat> you know, you've got that mix. You've got teams that have been hanging around there for a few years. You've, you've teams that have made a big improvement, up-and-coming teams, You've got older teams who are maybe having their last shot at it. I think maybe you've get that, got that in all the grades, but I think the intermediate is particularly tight. Like the headline I put on the piece was that ten teams could win it. Possibly a slight exaggeration, but I definitely think eight or nine teams could feasibly win this championship. Like some of them would be an upset, but like for example, not to give out in the way, but I have Butler's Bridge ranked at ninth, and like I wouldn't fall over with shock if Butler's Bridge won the championship. Mm. Yeah, no, neither would I. Neither would I actually. Yeah, I, uh, I think I have them. Some, uh, yeah, I don't have them at night, but it's very close to it. But Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead, and the surrounding counties for over fifty years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service 
and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. So we'll start off. Look, we'll go to, we both agree on, on the 15th team. And I, I just reading your piece, I think you, you said the same as what I'm thinking, is this lack of information on Rammer United. You have to put them there because you don't know who to have. You don't know who's going to be playing for them, who's not. So you really can't. And the fact that they were in the relegation playoff last year, you know, you, you kind of have to hold on to that and say that, that the chance of, and particularly in the environment of, of 2020, the chance of a club being able to prepare two teams really well for a championship, I think is very, very slim. So that's that's the main reason I have Rammer at 15. Yeah, so I was discussing it with someone and one of, a mate of mine and he gave me his rankings and he, he had them at 15 and the comment he put on it was uh, could win it or might not fulfil a fixture. So, so you just don't yeah. know, like... Just don't know, but yeah, so they're sort of really outside the rankings. Yeah, agree, agree. Um, I'll go to so I I think I agree with you on fourteen. I'm going to go with Drumgoon. Um, the only thing that I disagree with you from the paper is that I think you said that they don't lack firepower in the paper, or firepower is not a problem with because of Paddy Smith. I think they're over reliant on Paddy Smith. You take Paddy Smith and then Conal uh, Farrell's freeze out of it. I don't know where to get a lot of scores from. From Goon. Mm. like Connor Mina. Killian had a very good season. I think last season was his first season back from from his time in America. Had a very good season. I think there's more to come from him. But then if you look at there's there's such a spread of age group on the team. Mick McDonald still plodding away in the middle of the field there for them and doing very well. I thought he had a good championship last year. But how how much longer can he do that for Jim McNally playing part on it? Keith Fannin's coming to. 20, 37 years of age, traveling over and back from Inverness. You know, can he continue doing that for them? I, I, I think there's there's a lot of change probably coming in in Drumgoon. Now, young player that they have coming through that I like, Caelan Jackson, that you mentioned. I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, and Donald Keepock as well. But I don't know if there's enough in the forward line coming through um, to, to to really get them the maybe 17, 18 scores that's needed to win a lot of intermediate championship games. Yeah, they're, they're relying on Fannin still as well to, to get a lot of scores. Like Obviously, he can play anywhere, but he, he's been playing as a forward. Like Just just a word on him. I, I, I've been to Inverness before, and it's a long way up. People think, oh, he's coming from Scotland. It's a, it's a quick flight. I'd imagine he probably has to go to Edinburgh or Glasgow to get a flight. Uh, I don't know if there's direct flights to, to Inverness from Dublin. Right. If they are, they'd be rare enough. They wouldn't be going every hour or anything like that. Inverness is Inverness is is a bit off the beaten track. It's the, it's in the Highlands, like it's it's the, okay. it's the biggest biggest town up there. And uh, I think he, he actually works offshore, as far as I know. I think I'm right in saying that. So he'd have to come in and get to Inverness and then get probably to Glasgow or Edinburgh to fly to Dublin, then get down to Cavan to play a match. Phenomenal commitment. Yeah, yeah, it is like, and 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 you know, that's the other side of it too. Like, how 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 likely is it that that sort of a a hop over and back is going to be available at the end of the year? And if you took Keith Fannin out of Drumgoon, I think you'd you'd you know, he's worth more than the sum of of, of an individual on a fifteen man team. Yeah, yeah, I'll give I'll give you, I, I'm going to give you my. If there's a much change, Damien, I might give you my 13 down to 10. Bring yeah. Us down, to, bring us yeah, down to our top 10. 
to, to stop us talking for three hours, uh, which which we can just do that off air. Don't exactly. bore people. At, thir- at 13, I've got Bally McHugh. At 12, I've got Killashandra. At 11, I've got Corner Fane. And at 10, I've got Bailey Okay, so I have a few changes on that. 13, I've got Bally McHugh. I'll go through why I think I've got uh, Bally McHugh at 13. Um, I, I think that they're, again, in, in, this is going on last year. I don't know if they had enough in the forward line to, to really impact at intermediate level. Now, I know that they were missing players. Liam Buchanan is absolutely key for them. If they can get him right, if they can get the Kiernan's, uh, Mark and Dylan and, and all playing and playing well, then, yeah, they may have enough to get higher up on the rankings. The one unknown for me is, is so they were part of that amalgamation at minor last year that won the Division 1. And is there enough of that team coming on that might push the the rest of the, the group on? So it's a little bit unknown, but but yeah, I went with Bally McHugh at 13 as well. At 12 for me, I went with Kilachandra. Um, sorry, no, sorry, no, you went with Kilachandra. I went with Bailiabur. Oh, right. Um, I went with Bailiabur at 12. And, and, and the reason I went with them was I, I just... Last year, I think that they they had that brilliant run in the league, but their championship collapsed, and it, it kind of collapsed a little bit through injury, through lads maybe not being able to, you know, fulfil their commitment to train to put in a huge effort. They're so reliant on Michael Argue being at his best all the time, and I, I think Brendan Argue slipped back a little bit for a player that I absolutely loved when he was eighteen, nineteen, twenty. I don't know if he's achieving potential at the minute. They're very, very reliant on uh, Reese Clark as free taker. And I don't know if they have a huge amount coming in. The one player that I'm looking forward to seeing from Bailiborough is a lad that I worked with the Cavan under 16s a couple of years ago. Now he'd done his cruciate um while with the Cavan under 16s, but Conrad Cooney is a name to watch. Real speedster, very skillful, real accurate player. Um, another inside forward like would kind of be of the mould of your maybe of like the likes of Reese Clark, but um he's he's one that'll excite players or people when, when they go to watch him. But I still left Bailibor in at, at number twelve. Yeah, I think they're I think they're a bit better than that. They showed enough in the league last year. Um like mm. w- winning eight games out of nine coming into the championship in division two, coming very close to, to division one to suggest that they're like that was a sustained run of form. That suggests to me that they're they're a good team. You know, class is permanent, as they say, form is temporary. They, they lost form completely. Mystifying collapse is how I described it. But I do think they've good lads coming on. I'm told Dylan Turner's very good, 18-year-old. Um, and they've got good good fellas over the team this year. Fimber Clark, who was on the, the 95 winning team, and his son, Ocean's breaking in as well. So, you know, they've got James Love trained them as well. They're going to definitely be fit. I think they're... I think... I th- I'd rate them a little bit higher than you. Yeah, yeah, well, so I'm gone to my number 11. I go with Corner Fane um, for number yeah, I 11. Yeah, I have them at 11 too. As well. Well, the, the reason I, I go with them is they're probably in around the 11 because I think that they lack firepower as well. Like, And it's strange to say that on a team that has Barry Doyle, but they, even though Jack Trainer made the breakthrough last year and looks like he has a lot of potential as a forward I still think they're they're overly reliant on Barry to get those scores for them. So um probably beating Coo Hollands in the championship last year was was something that I uh, I didn't expect. I wouldn't have expected them to do, but they uh they need they need more. 
like the three Whartons need need to be able to, um, I suppose, be supported or maybe just just drag a few more players up to the level that that it takes. And I I just don't know if they've enough. They'll not be found wanting for effort. I just don't know if there's enough in quality in the attack to to get them further up on 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 my list. Uh, Paul yeah, Lynch, though, as a manager, ten to agree with you there. Watching. Yeah, well, Paul, Paul will be very good, and uh, he, the, I think he'll he'll push them on. Like they were ninth in Division Two last year, and they were knocked out in the group stages of the intermediate. So we're not far off. That's their level that they showed last year. Could be improvement in them. I do like Trainer. I think he's I think he's a good live wire, natural forward, which is exactly what they needed. But uh, they're hard. they hard to beat. No one's going to want to draw them because they're very committed. They're a hard team to beat. But yeah, I agree. 11th is about right, I think. Yeah, going for, for number 10 for me, I went with the Lagers. I went with, with Kilachandra. Um, like when, when you think about Kilachandra, the first thing that still comes to mind to me is when they have all available, physically, they're going to be a colossal size of a team in intermediate. Like they, they should be bullying an awful lot of teams. But sometimes what comes with that is a lack of mobility and maybe not the level of fitness that it takes to to probably get around the big pitches, the the, the Bally Hayes and the Breffney Parks, Kingspan Breffney, that that's necessary to win a championship. And and the way things are, you won't win a championship unless you win games in, in, in the big dry fields. Um having said that, they've a lot of quality. Daniel Luby in the forward line, Owen Donahue or Owen Brady, a player that I really liked. Um Obviously, Patrick King, I think you said that he's apparently back and fully fit. That That's key, absolutely huge to them in the middle of the field. Bosco Dare, Dara Tai. There's no shortage of quality in the team. They just have to, I think they have to get that balance between fitness and strength to get uh, to get the best out of them. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Again, there, there's optimism there. Like Kieran Owens, uh, again, in charge of them. Killian Riley's back from Dublin where he did very well in senior football in Dublin. I was just looking, I think he was intermediate player of the year, the year they won it. Pretty sure I'm right in saying that. Um obviously Declan McKernan was this was the big name as well for him that year, but I think Killian got player of the year, which will tell you what a good addition he'll be back. Uh so yeah, I have them at twelve, but they were too the way I described it was they were too good for division three last year. Like they beat almost everyone, but they were still be, pipped in a promotion playoff. Um, that's right by Trumgoon, wasn't it? Yeah, but the only thing is that's not the league is not going to affect the the championship because I was doing this. I was I was looking at it going, oh yeah, uh, Trumgoon up to Division Two, that's going to stand to them. But it's not. Sure there's going to be no league, so um, that's a leveler. Again, just talking to someone earlier on today, we were saying a knockout championship is a totally different ball game as well. Like the likes, of, let's say you take the likes of Kilachandra, who have struggled for numbers for a few years. There, I know they're get they're getting lads back now. But a team that struggled for numbers, they might get caught out over a long campaign, especially four four matches out of a group. You might only need to win four matches to win the championship in a knockout. If you can get everyone right, uh, get a bit of momentum, win two games, you're into a semi, more than likely. Like when when Red Hills won the intermediate championship in two thousand and eight, it was the old system where there was a there was a back door in the first round. But Red Hills hit four didn't have the deepest squad at the time, but had a really strong first fifteen, a couple of lads to come on. They hit form for about six weeks. They won four matches and won the championship. Like they, yeah. they won two two games. They're in a championship semi final, um, which which it's a it's a different ball game. 
it does it does change things a lot having a knockout. So it's that's going to give hope to the corner fans, the killer challengers, teams like that who who everyone knows can can beat anyone on the day. Like corner fan beating Coo Collins last year in the championship, beating Bally Hayes a couple of years back in a playoff as well. They know they'll know that they can beat anyone on the day, and so it's a leveler. Yeah, it definitely is, and probably the interesting thing on it is though where the other system maybe allows you to build fitness throughout the championship. There's no, there's no building fitness in a knockout. You either come prepared or you get out. And that's, yeah. that, that could be very, very interesting. And again, in a knockout championship, the look of the draw could be huge. You know, you, you could be drawn against the, our 15th ranked team or 14th ranked team. And, you know, one, two, three, and four, are all drawn against each other and knock knock half of the top competitors out of it. So luck is yeah. a huge amount to play on on a knockout championship. Well, you look at when Balnea won the championship and like they they won they deserve to beat Calvin Gales in the final and that was a great Calvin Gales team. But like they their run to the final, I think they were they were well down at half time against Collins, who weren't one of the top teams in one of the games. They they had Drummolly, I think maybe in the first round. They yeah. had lack they had Lacken who had been on the go a good good few weeks at that stage and had injuries and suspensions and that was a derby then they had Crush Law who were technically still an intermediate team that's right to, and that was Bally to a championship final and then when they got there they, they took their chance and, and and were brilliant on the day and won the, won the championship but as you say luck plays a huge part in that it does it does uh, my number nine then um, I've gone with Killing Care Um just in, 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 in the year that's in it, I think Killing Care will be looking to just consolidate, hold on to, to intermediate status. They're not bringing through a huge amount. A young player that they will be bringing through is Luke Crossan, who's, who's very, very talented. And what's beautiful is he'll, he'll slot. I'd imagine he has the potential to slot into that back line where maybe where Louis um, has, has vacated the spot. So it's, for me though, is Noel McGovern, is Sean McGovern, uh, Brian Clark, even Paul Kerr, are they going to continue to play for another year? And if not, they become a huge, huge loss. Where I'd look at it for killing care is in the next few years, they have a young player that's on the county minors this year called Alex Sweeney to come through. Well worth a, a look. He's he's a big, strong player and playing very good football at the minute with the or well was playing very good football with the county minors and then the next year after that they've got Kia McGovern coming through who's a talented forward lovely silky footballer so um for killing care while a run to 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 the latter end of the championship isn't out of um isn't out of the the, the possibility I still think if you're ranking them they're they're in around that mid-table bracket and, and I have them at ninth yeah I have them at eight my nine as I said, it was Butters Bridge. Uh, I'll give you my I'll give you my from nine to five, Damien. And okay. then let you let you argue with me. So I have the bridge at nine. Um and as I said, like they were missing a lot of players last year, the two ladies, uh fellas like that. But I'd be looking at Keevan O'Reilly, Fergal Flanagan, John Fitzpatrick, you know, from midfield up they're they're very skillful side. Obviously Fintan O'Reilly's coming into it. Paddy and Kevin McPhillips coming into it there as well. Um so the bridge going forward, very impressive. Be interesting to see how they are defensively, but they're they're a team at nine that that could win it. I'd say nine is probably my cutoff point for teams that could win the championship. I've killing care at eight. We know all about them. We've talked about them a lot in the podcast. Their pace, 
obviously Emmett Fitzsimons up front, Jason McMahon around the middle, the, Liam and Kevin McCabe and Neil McCabe now as well in the backs. Uh, all good players and and uh, I'd just be wary. Obviously, the tragedy of Louis of Louis passing is going to hang over the club for a long time. But we saw with Arva that they had a bit. They they were on the go for four or five years. They're in four championship finals in a row. I think it was, and and they had a bit of a collapse in form and a hangover that has lasted a couple of years now. And found themselves back, sort of in the middle ranks of intermediate teams, having gone from junior to senior. That can happen when you've been on the go for a few years without really a break. So Kill and Care are probably they're 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 not probably going to be as fresh as other teams. Possibly where I disagree with you, or or the difference between Arva and and Kill and Care is numbers. Like Arva went from Division Four of the league to Division One and and junior to senior, but they never had a massive panel of thirty odd players that you could pick on. It was the same fifteen nearly. You know, you, yeah. you can nearly name it. Killing care of a huge panel. They have a huge pick. They have, you know, even even look at the difference between their intermediate final team to the junior final teams of the two years. There's there's you know five, six, seven, eight players that have fluctuated in that, yeah. and you know the addition of Paul Brady coming in. So I think killing care on top of that, knowing the lads up there, the situation that they're being faced with. It's it's only going to bring out the best in them. They're going to they're going to get down, knuckle down, work hard. They do those things automatically. Like they're just they're they're those sort of lads. So I don't see I don't anticipate a dip in in Killing Care's progression. You know the, the big thing that would have fed into Killing Care massively for the championship, and this is probably why I've ranked them a little bit low. Had they played Division One, they'd have learned, they'd have got better, and they'd, if if there was league football. I'd be putting Killing Care up into probably the top four teams in this intermediate. But without league football, the opportunity to make that jump in standard is uh, is a little bit more difficult. Mm. It's interesting, yeah. It, their, league, their, like their league form was, was brilliant. They didn't exactly steamroll a junior championship, though, when you look back through it. Like, like they, they, they lost the last group game to Munch Connacht. They needed a last minute goal that free from Emmett to, to beat Not Bright. Um and then the final was there were four points there and fifteen minutes to go. So um yeah it's 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 an interesting one to see exactly where they're at. I have Drumlane at seven, another team that has plenty of tussles with killing care in the past. Um yeah. I think I think Drumlane are a team to watch. I really I really do. I think they've they're after getting a great ejection of youngsters coming into the team like Darren McGorn uh, we know all about. Well, I'll, I'll tell you because I've Drumlane at seven as well, but you have Butler's Bridge down at nine. So I've Butler's Bridge at eight, and I'll just give you why I Butler's Bridge at eight, and we'll we'll keep moving on. Um, Butler's Bridge have have a couple of players coming. They've three players coming in this year that I think will all make the team and, and all add to it. Fintan O'Reilly, obviously Quevin's younger brother, um, and better footballer, definitely better footballer. I think Quevin would even agree with that. Um, Kevin McPhillips, Paddy's younger brother, another player that seen him this year with St Pat's McRory coming off the bench, and he was brilliant. He, he's he's improved. He's he's physically got very big. You know, well, big enough. He's not very big, but he's big. And then Kyle Maguire, a defender, that that will come through as well. Physically very strong, which is probably their weakness. They're, they're not a strong, physically strong team. Um, Killian and Johnny Letty, if they're back, they you know 
both fabulous footballers in different ways. Johnny, left-footed passer of the ball and lovely striker of the ball. Killian with his energy, with his constant work rate. Um, they rely on Paddy Flynn in the back line, holding that back line together. And Paddy McPhillips, I think, was, was a welcome addition into that forward line. So I, I think there's a lot about Butler's Bridge that if they got everything right, if, if it clicked, they're starting to now extend the panel out. Just what they're not bringing in is the six foot three, six foot four midfielders, the replacement for Lurkin Mulvey, they still haven't got that. And I don't know, um, you know, it, it takes a really good system and a really good setup to to nullify the effects of not having a couple of big men. They probably need to sort out the goalkeeping situation as well. Um, you know, it's it's been fluctuating between different people for the last few years and, and I don't think that they found the, the right answer just yet. So either settling with somebody and putting a huge amount of time and effort into making that person their goalkeeper or um or, or well I don't know what the alternative if they ha- they have to sort out that goalkeeping situation. But the bridge have the potential to push up and win that competition though as well. They have, but the the bridge have kind of been a common team for five years now. Yeah, like yeah. it was twenty fifteen where they gave Ballyhays a real scare. That's the first time they were really on the radar, and they were into twenty twenty now, and they were they've been in one semi final. So this is a big year for them. Yeah, yeah, completely agree, completely agree. So Drumlane, you you were saying about at, at number seven, um, I I I I think the big thing for them, and it may actually turn out to to have been. An advantage, like if they had played Division Three, and you take in James McCall and, and Daryl McGorn and the young lads. There's there's a few others that will come in around the same age. Um, young Flynn lad, um, can't think of his first name. Sean O'Flynn. That you know, if they had the opportunity to play league football, then they get used to adult football. Going straight into Championship, I don't know how much of an impact young lads can have straight away, other than you know that they're going to bring fitness, you know that they're going to bring energy, but can they get used to the physicality? Can they get used to the pace of of championship games that quick? So um, lots of potential. Team definitely to watch in the future. Like what they've come through, backboned with what they already have and and very little of it the wrong side of 30. I think that that Drumlane are definitely one for the future. Yeah, I I think so too. Obviously, Ryan Connolly's devastating at club level. Dara Dolan, is, I think he's a great bit of stuff. Mm. I think he's I think he's phenomenal, phenomenally good, really fast ball winner. He had to get fair enough. He either gets a hat trick or doesn't score. I was but, just going to say that he needs to bring <laughs> consistency, doesn't he? He averages we were, one one and a half goals per game. Could could we get him? Could we get him to the point that we get two goals every game <laughs> instead of a hat trick every second? If if we could get that, it'd be phenomenal. But he I, I wouldn't put gets, put a pass You've also obviously you've got uh, Dane O'Dowd and Keane Monaghan around the middle. Uh, Donald Monaghan, probably the best player of them all. And then Harry Clark, outstanding goalkeeper, international underage soccer keeper. So, Jermaine. I don't forget my favourite. Oh, Marsden. Jeez, Marsden. Like, I, I love that guy. Love that you... guy. <laughs> well, he's another, another very good up and comer. Uh, yeah. At six. And five, I have Coothill and Arva. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So I, I differ with you in my my five and my six. Um, so I, I know you've got my six way way higher on the table, and probably people around Beltorvo won't like me for saying it, but they're, they're at number six for me, um, and a couple of different reasons. I think that where Beltorvo, one of their massive strengths was Park Dolan, and I don't think I can 
I, I don't think I, I'll, I'll be insulting anybody by saying that he, as a manager, his preparation for games for Bill Torbett was, was second to none. He delivered so much information to them that it meant the lads went out on the field with huge confidence. Now, uh, Francis McPhillips will do, will do a really good job. We've seen with Shercock how fit he can get them. But what I feel with Bill Torbett was that you had the likes of uh, Chops, you had Owen McGuigan, you had Damien O'Reilly, you had Bud, you had lads who who were, were crucial to them in the last few years. They they built fitness throughout the championship. By playing games, they got better. They they seemed to get stronger. They seemed to get fitter. The the injuries started to clear up. I know maybe come the final last year, DJ and Bud maybe both still not fully fit, but um, as in with injury. But my point being that I think that given the fact that they won't have a league to prepare to start to build fitness to to get these things together, I think that that's going to hamper Bill Torbett more than most. Um, you know they have they have some talent coming through the the like young players Cormac Donoghue is is a player that I really like I think um Lawler at full back there is one to watch and and, and could do an awful lot um but I just think it's at the other end I think it's the older guys I don't know if they're going to have the ability to play the level of football that they've been playing in the last few years when we're in this 2020 environment where there's going to be very little football played yeah it's interesting it's interesting. This, this, these are the kind of things that that are that are uh, crucial to to these rankings. Like it's, it's not just what teams look like on paper. That's a good point you're making about how will the lockdown affect Baltorbet? Is it going to have a different effect on Baltorbet than it will have on their neighbours, Dunlane, for example, where there's so many young lads or, or whatever? It's interesting. I, in the last few years, I, I've rated Baltorbet lower, and you've been the one rating them higher. And now, yeah. now things have changed. I just think looking back through the results, like I think it was, I think it was 20, 2017, They lost by a point in a replay against against Bally Hayes in a semi final down in Bombay. Uh, Twenty eighteen, they lost in a replay against Mullerhorn, who went on and won it. That, that was yeah. the quarter final. Uh, and then last year, obviously, got to the final. So. Like I, I think mm. that they've been right there. I, I'm definitely guilty, probably, of underrating them. But uh, and Carl McDonough, as as you say, has come on the scene. I know from talking to lads who played against him that they they think he's he's outstanding, you know, outstanding prospect. Not a prospect anymore. He's here now, and he's he's probably the leader of the or one of the leading figures on the team. And the Henry obviously just keeps on doing it every every time he goes out. He runs up big tallies. Yeah, are they are they over reliant on Enda Henry and his and his wonderful free taking ability? Yeah, they possibly are. Maybe I put them too high. They were the one I I had them at at number two, and they were the one I they were the one I kind of doubted myself possibly had them a bit high. But uh, I put them at two because they beat a, a couple of the teams below them, and I just didn't think I just didn't think I could justify putting those teams ahead of them. But uh, yeah, I definitely take your point. Uh, Uncle Hill, Uncle Hill uh, you well, obviously have, have them on there. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, so I'll, I'll go to be number five and then we can debate Coot Hill uh, as we come up to it. But my number five is Arva. Um, and th- the reason I go with Arva at number five, I think you have them higher on the list, but I, I, oh, I yeah, don't I have, think... I have them five as well. Oh, you have them five? Okay. Yeah, okay, so well, you're right. <laughs> we're, we're definitely right on it. i tell you why. I think that they're tight on the panel. I don't think that they have enough depth 
to to you know maybe weather the storms of Johnny McCabe staying in Australia or I think Bino done his cruciate uh, last year, you know, he's not going to get even the chance to get out and test that before a championship. So I don't think we'll see the best out of Bino this year. Will we see the best out of Cornell Shorten either? With, with all, you know, I, I, I think that where Arva, Arva have done miraculously in over a four or five year period that, that nobody could have um, envisaged the rise of, of the St. Patrick's Club, but I think that. They needed they needed more coming through on the conveyor belt, and I don't know if it if it's come if it's made a difference. They're they're gonna they're gonna be looking again to Kevin Boucher as they do, you know, most years. Conal Shorten, the same names every single year. They need something else coming through there, just to add a bit more strength to the panel. That if something happens, Conal, if something happens, Kevin Boucher, that there's somebody that can come in and step up. Yeah, that that's true, but. Like when they have everyone, I think they've they're they're senior standard. They've they've a senior standard forward line uh, with with Kevin Boucher, uh, Peter Morris, Conan Shorten, um, Bino Ellis, Bri- Brian Ellis, and, Johnny, and Johnny, McCabe. Johnny, McCabe, yeah. Johnny McCabe is phenomenally good player. Like he's as good a forward as as one of the best forwards knocking around in the county. Obviously, he's not there, but as you say. It probably tells a tale that we can nearly name the forward line now, and you could probably you could probably name the midfield and back line as well. Uh, so so the, probably the depth isn't there, but I have a soft spot for them. I think they're I think they're a good side, and uh, yeah, I think fifth is is fair enough. You're yeah. you're correct on that one. That's all right. My number four, then you have further down the list. I've I've Coot Hill up at number four. You you ranked them at number six, I think. I ranked them at six, and like I put it like this. If if Goodhill play to to the potential that we saw them playing at in the last couple of years, at times I remember them beating the Gales in the championship a couple of years ago. And but because inconsistency has been a problem for them anyway. Like I remember one one uh, game where they were playing lacking, and I think I tipped them to put up big scores, but I was afraid that they they might concede too much. And I think they scored two or three points in the game. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like, so they 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 tend to be inconsistent, but. I'd be if if they play to the, to the way they can play, they can win the championship. If they play the way they played in last year's senior championship, they'll go down. And that's that's, that's I don't think anyone could. Well, I don't think anyone could, could could disagree that they were appalling the last year's championship. They were absolutely shocking. They couldn't score, and they were leaking scores to beat the band. But that came after a league where they finished sixth in Division One. That's, so it's that's it's, it's hard to evaluate where they are. Yeah. That, that, I looked at the league form last year and, and kind of said, like, even, okay, so you can you can take the John McCutcheon argument and say, well, look at their week or without him. There's no doubt about it, they're weak or without him. And whether he'll play or not this year is, is still an unknown. You can take that Tom Hayes is gone and now Joshua Hayes is gone as well. So all these are pointing down towards the, the, the middle to the bottom end of the intermediate. But then when you take, I'm sorry, Barry McGahan as well is gone from full back. So he's retired now as well. So, you know, all of that would, if you take those, you say, right, yeah, could he actually could be relegated. But then you look at what's left. Like, Colm Smith, I'm told, is in, in the shape of his life. He's he's doing an awful amount of running and, and is in real good shape. And so is Kevin Carney. Okay. Put Shane Sexton, put Hessen, put young McGahan, um, I, I can't think of his first name, Barry's lad. Um, Killian. Killian. Put Keen Smith. 
Oh, yeah, put, put Key and Smith into that forward line then. You've, you still have six very good forwards. And then take back into the back line, you've got John Carney, you've got Sean O'Connor to step in there as well. You've got Dermot and uh, Dermot and, and, and Dean Connolly you know, that, that could hold out around the middle of the field for you. There's still enough potential there. There's still enough quality that they, they should be at the business end of this championship. It's all predicated yeah. on, on the effort they put in. That's, that's simply it with Coothill. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, and um, I know they've they've a good management there. Clive Fitzpatrick and Darren Chapman as well. Like they'll have them. Darren Chapman was previously involved in Mullhorn and the Gales, and he'd be very passionate. And he, I'm sure he will get a good tune out of them. Look, I, I, it's not like I had. I know those people in Goodhill probably probably uh, discussed it with me, but it's not like I had them twelfth. I did have them sixth. Uh, so like, you'd be predict uh, based Four on sixth. Final quarter final pushing on to the semi yeah. you know they're so they're not that far off you've only got them two places higher but like there is a, there is a history of teams going down I'm not saying they're going to go down they're not going to go down but I'm saying there's a, a history of teams who good teams who get it stuck in a downward spiral and and can slip through the trap door or, or get stuck at the bottom of intermediate their best chance of getting back up is probably the first crack at it yeah I'd agree with that I, I, I think I think if they can get John McCutcheon back he'll be a huge addition around the place and everybody else has to be in top shape and if they get all that they, they could win the championship but you know they're, well, they're like, what, what happens is if you're a senior for a good few years and and you go down you still view yourself as a senior club and and you do things to a senior standard in terms of preparation and all that stuff and who you look to for to manage the team and all that stuff you get stuck in intermediate for a couple of years that becomes the new normal and you're an intermediate club then and you know, suddenly the teams around you are your peers. They're not teams that are. Yeah, it's a mindset thing. So, I like Mullahorn bounced back up at, at the first time of asking in 2018. If they hadn't, have, you know, they could still be in it. Yeah, they could, well, one, the woods. Yeah, you know. One other player actually that they will have come and true. We've seen him play wing back for the county minors was Key and Farrell uh, or Farley. He's he's going to be an addition to that team as well. So, um. Could Hill, could Hill I, I, look, I don't fear them for, for anything near a relegation and I think that they'll, they'll be closer to, to winning it than to going down um, in any man's mind. But it's, uh, yeah, it'll be just interesting. You had a four then, who had you got? Balanya. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that. Um, I don't, I don't agree. I could Hill at four, but I Balanya slightly higher than you. You've got you've got Balnea three. I've got Balnea two actually. Balnea uh, two, yeah. Well, I know there was, I know there was uh, some of the Balneas were given out uh, about the rankings, um, but the reason I had them before is that two of the teams above them beat them in the championship last year. Now they've got Niall McDermott back, and there's I would honestly say there's nobody in in Cavan who's a bigger fan of Niall McDermott than me. I I. I used to always say he'd be the first name on the, on the team sheet if I was over Cavan because I just I just think he's a, he's a very underrated player and at club level he's a monster. I don't know if he's the same player as he was when when Banya won the championship, for example. Like he was an absolute force of nature at club level at that stage. Um, he got that bad injury in 2016 playing with Cavan up in Oma. But I mean, if he's anything like what he was before we saw, before he went away to Australia, he's going to be. The best forward in the intermediate championship, no doubt about it. And so, so he's a huge addition to them. Uh, obviously, 
they still have Kevin Smith and Thomas Moore up front. They've got Park Riley around the middle as well. Uh, Sean Keating is back from from his cruise ship. I'd imagine they don't have Eamon McAvoy. I think he's away travelling, as far as I know. But they have, they have Thomas Smith and Evan Finnegan have come in there, Kyle Tyler. So they do have a good mix. I think if they're going to win the championship, this is the year for Balnea because the likes of Podge uh, won't, be, won't keep going forever. But the, it's yeah. probably now, or, well, not saying now or never, but now, now is the opportunity for Balnea. Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll go to, no, I'll go to my number three uh, for you because I have Balnea in two, as I said already. So number three for me is Bally Hayes. Um, and I have Bally Hayes there because I think them them getting back up to Division One last year showed a bit of momentum. I like their manager. I like Declan Brennan. Just reading reading your article and and what he's done in management already, and then just knowing from DBSM, you know, he he'll be an innovative thinker. And in this situation, I think that that could be a big advantage. The the thing that's crucial to Bally Hayes is Kevin Tierney's home. So you you have your Niall McDermott. I think on his on his best day, Kevin Tierney is. is is probably up there with Niall McDermott. Could he be better than Niall? I think he could, yeah. So, you know, that that's a more huge, of a goal, huge More yes. of a goal threat. Far more of a goal threat, yeah. yeah like Mass, a, massive goal threat. And then you take into what, what Bally Hayes are bringing in through on the race. Like Owen Clark, I think, had a good uh, had a good year last year, his first year at senior. I think we're going to see even more from him. But what they're bringing through in the younger lads, you have Brian O'Rourke, you have um, a young player that I... I absolutely loved being involved with was Russell Gorman. Watch this kid coming through. Like it won't phase him going up into senior football. He's physically strong. He's he's tough. They've uh, Colin McKiernan, young Scotchy, another really talented footballer, Jamie Smith, a silky skilled inside forward, Cormac Smith the same that he scored forty fives in that minor final this year gone by. They've lots of talent coming through. If Porrick Moore happens to be home Kevin Tierney's there and the talent is coming through with Bally Hayes and the management click. Bally Hayes could, could actually canter this intermediate. They, they have that potential in them. But the problem is that maybe they believe that themselves a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah, you could be right. I, I've been told Park Moore will be home for the championship. Uh, so, I mean, I think he makes them tick. And if you look at games where he has maybe gone off, he had, I think it was a hamstring problem used to used to flare up on him. Games where he's gone off or he got a black card in, in a big game, was it an intermediate final maybe or a semi-final, their performance level dips it up and more sound the field because he's one of, the, one of the best forwards in the county. Like, yeah. like he's, they do have an exceptional forward line. Like, and last year, they were going great guns. They won Division 2, going great guns in the league. Suddenly, they lost Tierney and Moore and and didn't even get out of the group. They just fell off a cliff. So, um, I, I've said this before in a podcast. I think they're a senior team. They're very unlucky. You know, you see teams that scrape an intermediate and, and go up. They were just re- really unlucky to go down because they end up playing Calvin Gales in the relegation playoff, and they played Killigary in the first playoff, and then went in against the Gales. Like that was that was tough. And any other year, they'd have stayed up. And, and with two year, with a full year of it under their belt, they'd probably still be there. But they went down then came back and everything went wrong for them and, and Sherco played really well in the final and got beaten in the final and again Arva syndrome a few years on the go catches up with you fellas maybe lose a bit of appetite for it but I think I think Bally Hayes now are going to have a big year I think mm. they've, they've, it's coming together for them 
I have them yeah. at three as well. So my number two then is Balanya. Um I I looking through what, what you said, just just add on to it. Um Thomas Smith in the in the performances I've seen him with Calvin on the twenties and Evan Finnegan as well, but Thomas Smith is ready to step up. He looks like he's he's you know just full of confidence. He's physically strong. He can score points. He can mix it up when he has to. There was question marks over his temperament, maybe as an underage player, but I seen him with the with the county other twenties this year, and you know his temperament was there was questions asked of him, and he came up with the right answers. He didn't go over that line, and I, I he's a player that I'm really excited about. You throw that all into a forward line, as you said with with. Uh, with the the likes of Thomas Moore, Thomas Moore going in there, Niall McDermott going in there, they've got they've an abundance of riches. Really, I think Kevin Kevin Smith, obviously on top of that as well, they've a lot of talent. Sean Keaton, big, strong, mobile man, middle of the field. If he's coming right from the cruciate knee, knee injury, and Cormac Timoney, I think. You know, he's a player I absolutely love. I think there's so much to Balanya, keeping everybody together. And Brian Donahue as as coach, I think, is a is a wonderful stroke there. He's very, very good at the detail getting down into the training session. So um I, I, I presume they're still in place, Adrian and Brian, are they? Yeah, they are, yeah, they are. I actually forgot about Cormac Timoney uh in my preview, possibly the best player to have. I mm. rate him extremely highly. I think described him before as senior intercounty player in Waiting and which he, he certainly is. So yeah, look, Banya definitely won for the shortlist. I have them four, but there's not there's very little between the top four. So you made your case already for Bill Torbert being number two on your list, didn't you? Yeah. So I did. we both agree that number one is Kuhollins. Number one is Kuhollins, and you can't argue with it because four. they were they were beaten by a pot by a point last year in the semi final by the eventual winners and very in unlucky. controversial circumstances. Yeah, Slightly controversial circumstances. Lara sort of dogged them out of it. Like um, I felt on the day, went against them. I felt that too. Um, the year before that, they were obviously in the final, and we're right in the game. Only with fifteen minutes to go, Mullerhorn just sort of found a higher gear and blew them away. But like, I, with something like eight that, each or nine each, I think, David. Yeah, with the caveat that Evan Dowie was off at half time in that intermediate yeah, final against yeah, Mullerhorn. Like, and Evan Doughty was a hell of a player in 2018, but he's he's gone to a new level. You talk about Thomas DeBone being ready to step up. Evan Doughty is is, is, up. is a, he was a great player back then, but but he's up there now. Like he's he's fulfilling his potential. I as I said before, I saw them five times in the championship last year, and McGee and Doughty were as good as I saw in in the intermediate championship. Two fellas were astonishing. They were well, I wouldn't say astonishing, but they were they were absolutely brilliant. Like in every game, they were. So, like, the, the, the point has been made about Cucullins that... Their age profile is excellent. The, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, and there's more lads coming through. Uh, that's like where... That's bro- sorry, sorry. They, I, I'm cutting across you because there's a slight delay here. Um, but what you thought... Sorry, what you said there is more, more lads coming through. That's why I have them outright number one because of what's coming through. Um, if if you you, you mentioned Key and Dowie Evans Evans younger brother Ryan Galligan Niall Carlin and Key and Donahue all on that Virginia um, 
college's team and all crucial players like Niall as captain, the three of them could quite comfortably step into that senior team and not weaken it in any way. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I've been very impressed with them. Um, Michael Tynan and Paul Cooney uh, taking over them, like, uh, will we'll have them very well prepared. Look, it's all set up for them, but but as long as they persist with it, you know, if they if they if they dip a bit or don't put in the same effort as as we saw, like they're not going to win it. They're going to have to use let the disappointment of the last couple of years push them over the line because if they start feeling sorry for themselves, there's too many good teams there. It just won't happen for them. But I think they're they're right there. Like I like I still think Connor Smith is is a great operator there on the forty. I think his best position is on the forty. Keating and Adam Riley didn't play last year, but they didn't. They didn't seem to miss the two lads up front. Maybe I don't know. Will Adam be back this year? I don't think Eugene's coming back this year. But um, no, the, the the back line probably could do a tightening up. Like the point was made before that they had a, a senior forward line and a and a junior back line, which was slightly harsh. But they, they could probably do it. We with a fresh blood to come into the backs. I know Jamie Fitzgerald has has done well there cornerback. Niall Carlin will will go into that back line. Keen Donahue's another. Defender, I think his older brother Owen Donahue had made had made the breakthrough kind of as well. But there, there's options coming through in that back line anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that's what they need because of the uh, abundance of good forwards. So I think it's tight. Like sometimes you see in a championship where it's one team's sort of championship to lose. Like I would possibly say the junior championship this year, McBride are going to be the shortest price favourites of any favourite in the three championships. I'd imagine, but we don't have that in the in the intermediate championship this year for certain. I think really it's very very even and hell of a championship in the pipeline. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Just to finish on Coo Hollands, the addition of Brian McGee and, and Evan Dowie to the county seniors and what that brings in terms of their fitness, their 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 strength should reflect when they get on to the field at intermediate championship level. Because you think about. County boys are still training probably at a higher level than the rest of the club players. So when club football starts, which it will be first, county players' advantage should be multiplied. They, they, they should be seeing a huge advantage in those games. So I think that that's where Brian and, and, and Evan will, will step forward even further. So I think Cuhullen's Balanya, Ballyhays, for me, the winner should come from those three and could Hill, if they if they get everybody fully fit, that the winner will come from those four, one of those four teams, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd say you're not be far you're not far wrong. If I had to pick a team from off the pace to watch, uh, let me see. Scrolling down through it here. Trim Lane, Lane, I think, have, have huge potential. Um and and like what's frustrating me about the bridges. It's been a slow build-up for them. Like, you know, the bridge had huge potential four or five years ago, and we're still waiting on them to. They still have it, but we're still waiting on them to achieve it. Whereas it doesn't have to be that slow. Like, you do see teams coming, and in the space of eighteen months, two years, really kicking on. And like, I feel that Jermaine could be could be a team that, that has that sort of a profile about them. Um, yeah, it's so hard to call. Like, if you picking a team, pick picking teams even to that might get not lose their place in the division it's going to be so hard to call there could be some casualties there yeah. um, to counter look, we've, 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 we've 
Butler's Bridge are still still of a young age profile. Like Fergal Flanagan would be the oldest player on what is he, 28 now? Oh, sorry, no, he's probably yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. So they're they're still like five years ago they, you know, there was an upset, but they knew that the best was still to come after that. So they probably got that upset year uh, or that, that, that year of the upset a little bit ahead of time. And now is when they'd really be expecting to push on and win. Butler's Bridge could could be that one. If you, if, if you were to pick a team that has to come out, I'd, I'd be looking between Butler's Bridge and, and uh, like come from left field, Butler's Bridge and Drumlane, where Drumlane have the advantages. They have maybe a better balance between youth and experience and have a few big men, you know, whereas I think that's where Butler's Bridge could be found wanting. Yeah, yeah, counts for a lot. Counts for a huge amount. Like you do, you do. What did I say? A good big one beats a good little one. That could catch the bridge out. But there, you think like Sakeven O'Reilly, Fergal Flanagan, they mightn't be six foot three, but I mean they're they're strong as as anyone playing football in the intermediate championship. So look, it's gonna it's gonna be a hell of a championship, Damien. It definitely is. Definitely is. Uh, thanks very much, folks, for. Uh, listening hope you enjoyed it hope you uh, agreed and disagreed with some of us and let us know um, on social media your opinions on uh, our intermediate rankings we'll get to the senior and to the junior over the next couple of weeks we might go to the junior one next week and we'll leave the senior one to the end because I'm still scurrying away for homework to get uh, get the senior rankings right but uh, you've the you've the junior ones in this week's paper Paul yeah junior rankings in this week's held so um, make sure everyone please pick up a copy of that and uh, a couple of other good pieces in the set there's there's a survey I did which which we got 320 club footballers all together responded to a survey on a whole host of questions so that's all going to be in the set on Wednesday but we might knock a podcast out of that as well Damien because there's some really good talking points coming out of that I was going to say towards the end of the week we might do that on the diehard service when I get a chance to read all the findings but you sent me on some of the stuff and and it's very, very interesting. You could read a lot into what the club players said. And, and how many players did you say? Over 300? Yeah, 320 responded. So that, like that's approximately a quarter of the club, club players in Cavan by my count, um, which is which is interesting. I think it's, a, it's not the most scientific thing in the world, but I didn't put it on Twitter or Facebook or anything. I, I sent it privately via WhatsApp to fellas and got them to distribute it among among their teammates because I didn't want it out there that that there was non non players answering the questions and skewing the results. So it gives us a good insight into what players view the standard as like, uh, the commitment levels, uh, their their thoughts on amalgamations should they be allowed to the senior championship, their thoughts on on um what format and whether football should come back this year after the the pandemic starts to ease off a bit. So some good stuff in it. Also the CPA is mentioning as well. So We'll, we'll definitely knock a good hour out of that, Damien. Definitely will. Paul, thanks very much for joining me and thanks everyone for listening to the McAvoy's Super Value GA podcast on We Are Calvin. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. 
If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details.